0: before the existence of written records human systematized combat from prehistory and into the modern day martial arts have been a part of the fabric of culture and civilization whether as a means of self-protection or to wage war or to compete or to preserve a tradition or to touch personal greatness these codified methods push us to ask questions to explore to express to test and to tell stories This is Jamie Club's podcast, the official podcast of Club Chimera Martial Art, where we take the path of the vagabond warrior to find knowledge and inspiration from people, events, and ideas. If you are interested in where to follow Jamie Club and Club Chimera products and services, please wait until the end of the show. In the meantime, if you think this product is worth the price of a cup of coffee, please click on Support the Show in this episode's show notes.
1: In 1768, Corps Chat Grandmaster Sergeant Major Philip Astley, late of Colin Elliott's 15th Light Dragoons, took a leaf out of Boxer Jim Figg's now 48-year-old book by putting on a public display to advertise his school. Astley was an expert in the ancient martial art of cavalry riding. Since around 1500 BCE, the domestic horse, a subspecies of Equus ferus, or the real wild horse, We used to pull chariots into battle. This particular skill was later adapted into a racing sport that would be first used in the funeral games of ancient Greece and most famously in ancient Rome in an event that would bear the name soon to be associated with Astley's displays, although one he never used, the circus. Horse riding in warfare is often traced back to the Scythians, who combined their riding skills with the martial art of archery, Much like the conquering Mongols that followed in later centuries, the average Scythian was learning how to ride before they could walk. They became an intimidating and extremely dangerous enemy for the ancient Greeks, who mainly fought on foot. From this nomadic culture was probably born the legends of the half-human, half-horse Centaur, due to the oneness such warriors demonstrated with their animals, and also the Amazons because of the strong presence of female soldiers. Just like many famous martial artists, Philip Astley had a knack for showmanship. His skills went beyond the brutal directness of cavalry manoeuvres and even beyond the military trappings of pomp and ceremony. He was an adept trick rider and used these skills to entertain. And so, when he made a decision to open up a riding school, he decided to promote it in the display of trick riding on the 4th of April, Easter Monday, Harpenny Hatch, a field in Lambeth, London, near the present site of Waterloo Station. The performance included displays of sabre work and sword play, all performed inside a ring. Having a circular performance area aided Astley's riders to maintain their balance when standing on the backs of their horses due to the centrifugal force generated. Astley understood the need for variety and employed clowns, the artists that have frequented fairs, palaces, markets to airs and street corners and villages' fates for centuries, and could trace their lineages back to the 5th dynasty of Egypt. They provided comic relief from the spectacular stunts of his riders. Clowns became integrated into the new culture of performance and part of its identity. As we all know, comedy is used as a very effective artifice in some self-protection situations. The show was a success and Astley began to tour around London, expanding his programme to include a range of different artists. These included dog trainers who put on performing dog acts, jugglers and tightrope walkers. Such acts were also ancient professions associated with clowning and usually seen at fairs and fêtes. Now they would also become mainstays of Astley's shows. Originally the shows would be held in the open air and inside a 65 feet diameter ring. It evolved to be staged inside amphitheatres and the ring to what is now the standardised 42 feet. Charles Dibdin, a multifaceted artist who is described as a composer, a musician, a dramatist, an actor and a novelist, coined the term circus. He went into business with Charles Hughes and they opened up the Royal Circus on the 4th of November 1782 in direct opposition to Philip Astley. An entire culture of show people had a name for their profession. Since the days of Astley, the shows had travelled internationally, inspiring imitators. Buildings were erected specifically to host these particular spectacles. A number still stand to this day. Tenting circuses arrived. Circuses continued to cross-pollinate with fairs and travelling menageries. However, that is a story for another day. Circus Held Many Secrets in the cutthroat world of entertainment, it was important that families and individual artists did not reveal the tricks of their particular trades. Much of this can be seen in the existence of their own slang, Polari. This allowed for discreet discussions and instructions to be given in front of those outside the business or jossers, and within the slang we discover core chat. In Polari, core means fight and chat means think. All members of its culture learn this particular martial art of the travelling show. Its lethal techniques are hidden in circus performances. However, several other martial arts have been influenced by it. Think of the way we throw the custard pie before throwing a round kick in Muay Thai. That really originates with the performing clown. As we can see from today's Ukrainian boxing camps, juggling is a skill that develops hand-eye coordination for the dexterous fighter. Wire walking provides the core skill celebrated by both martial arts technicians and martial arts philosophers, balance. Knowledge of the physiological nature of fear and incidental weaponry is provided by this ancient circus proverb, handed down through wild animal trainers who first worked before an audience in a steel-caged arena long before the days of the Ultimate Fighting Championship. A new lion trainer asks one final piece of advice before his debut performance. What should I do if one of the lions decides to attack me? His wise mentor replies, You will need to improvise and throw your chair. The young trainer gulps as he thinks of Caesar, a huge male lion, known to have made his way through three trainers already. He didn't fancy that a wooden chair would do much to interrupt that particular feline's charge. Anyway, supposing he didn't have the chair on him. Reading his thoughts, the old man smiles at his protégé. If you can't get to your chair, then grab one of these metal pedestals. Again, The young man feels sick and asks, What if there isn't one of them at hand either? The teacher strokes his long white moustaches and replies, Well then, you'll have to go deeper into your core chat training. You'll have to adapt quickly and pick up some manure to throw in the animal's eyes. The young trainer's face is now paler than the old trainer's facial hair. He asks, What if there isn't any manure either? To which the old man says, with a knowing glint in his wizened eyes, Oh, you needn't worry, there'll be plenty of that stuff around. A big part of a Core Chat student's training is conditioning. They will be told they need to be in good shape at all times. One way this is achieved is through doing something known as a build-up and something else known as the pull-down. This exercise routine consists of putting up and pulling down the big top. We all know how sledgehammer swings are great for building up punching power. Well, your average circus boss will be very happy to point you to enough stakes in order to sate that need. There will also be copious opportunities to practice all your weighted carries with buckets of water, bales of hay and just about anything else the elders think you should be carrying. Hidden within the Italian-sounding Polari, we find a hugely effective technique in core chat. This is the circus Omi or Donor's footwork. It is the sure way, as any, to get you out of trouble. The secret method pays homage to the big cats of the show by using the word purr. However, it also reminds us of dangers in life by using the word scar. The purr and the scar are then put together to form scar purr. Many circus people have become true masters of scarpering. Happy April the 1st. When parents aren't around, a young person's guide to self-protection has been completely updated and re-released as an ebook. Please note, if you already have a copy of the original, ignore Amazon's statement that you already own this book. Not only has the entire text been revised and re-edited, but also new material has been added, including a new chapter and photographs throughout, depicting scenarios and training drills. My intention is to get this book out to the people who need it the most, therefore I've taken a third off the original e-book price. And for the first time in the history of its publication, When Parents Aren't Around is available as a paperback. These editions contain all the new material previously described. You can order copies from Amazon, or if you would like a signed copy, you can order it directly from me via the usual email address. Let me know if your club would like a bulk order too. Be a part of the change in booking me to run a seminar based on the material and help launch the book. I'm also in the process of developing an extended programme that can be provided as a bolt-on course for children, and this will include a certified CCMA teaching course the first I have offered. My other books, Wrong Fu and Mordred's Victory and other martial mutterings are also available through Amazon as both e-books and paperbacks and I'm also selling signed copies. These works are collections of rewritten and re-edited essays I've produced over the last two decades. Rong Fu is a prequel to my Bullshit Tzu and the Fight to Make Martial Arts Work project, which deals with critical thinking in the history of martial arts. Mordred's Victory and other martial mutterings covers the ten years I ran Club Chimera Martial Arts as a school. Nowadays, I teach private lessons, courses and seminars. These are bespoke services that put you in charge of your martial arts journey. I teach self-protection and martial arts cross-training. You can train with me one-to-one or in a small group. I count individual clients, couple clients, parent and child clients and various other combinations. These can be taught face-to-face or virtually. I also regularly teach clubs, societies and associations nationally and internationally. Please go to Clubchimera.com for details. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Owltale or whatever podcast platform you're currently using. If you could leave me a five-star rating and a review, I'd be really grateful. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and at long last, TikTok. Facebook also has a members group in addition to the main business page, so please send in a request to join in with the training discussions and be a part of the wider CCMA community. I'm also uploading new content to YouTube. There are various short videos, vlogs and full video versions of some of these podcast episodes on there as well as filming of my various lessons so you get an idea of the different services that I provide. Please check out the services section on the YouTube channel to find out more details on these individual services and suggestions for where you might want to take your training with me. Again please subscribe, like, share and leave a comment. All favourable engagement on these platforms helps keep CCMA going. Now, I don't know where you listen to this show or watch or read any of the other free content I produce. My time to listen to podcasts usually occurs during dog walks or solo car journeys or when I'm undertaking some mundane task or other around my home. I watch videos when I'm in the kitchen. My reading time occurs when I'm in a waiting room or during a rest period at home. My guess is a good number of you will think nothing of buying a coffee or some other beverage when you're commuting or waiting or on your break. If you believe that the work I produce is worth the price of a coffee, then please click on support the show in this episode's show notes. Whether or not you choose to do this, my thanks to everyone who joins me on this Vagabond Warriors journey and I look forward to sharing more travel notes with you all on the next show.